Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including BoJack Horseman, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Sam Quattro. Hello. And Michelle Ander. Hello. Today we are discussing the, the episodes three and four of, Bo- of the latest season of BoJack Horseman, Feel Good Story and Surprise. Uh, we previously had a discussion on the first two episodes of the season, and we also have a full season discussion out to uh, our immediate reactions to that season. You can find all that at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also find it on your preferred podcatcher, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. You can find that at YouTube as well, at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. And wherever you listen to us, we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, today we are going to go a bit more in depth on the, these uh, two episodes. Um, and I guess we'll begin, uh, as usual, with a general thoughts. If there's something that stood out to you from, from these episodes, or, or just general impressions on, on how you feel after rewatching them. Um, let, Sam, let, let's go to you first. Uh, after watching these two episodes, so what, what's your immediate thoughts? All right, so when I first watched Feel Good Story, I was like, okay, this is great. I love a Diane episode. They're my favorite episodes because Diane's one of my favorite characters. But upon rewatch, it's like, uh, maybe I liked it more in concept. <clears throat> you know, I did enjoy the whole, like, you know, taking down the capitalist system and, oh, wait, uh, there's actually more to this and you can't single-handedly take it down and, you know, you're kind of just sucked into it at all times. I think that that has some merit. Obviously, you know, being who I am. But the whole um guy and Diane thing, I'm kind of back and forth on it. I feel, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, it's a good thing. And other times I'm like, why does she need to be in a relationship to, like, be a better person? But other times, like, I get it. So, I don't know. It, it depends on the day, I guess, that I'm thinking about it. As for surprise, honestly, upon my first watch of it, it's one of my... Not one of my. It is my favorite gag episode of BoJack. Ooh, because I really like the dumb setup of everybody <laughs> trying to get out of the surprise party. <laughs> it works for me completely. I mean, BoJack is known for doing these gag episodes every once, well, not every once in a while, at least once a season. They do like something really silly and really like tropey and really, haha. You know, we're trying to do this thing that's very sitcommy, and this one completely worked for me. It worked for me in rewatch. I really think it's hilarious because it's just so stupid and simple, and it's not trying to like shoot the moon like you know Henry Fondle or the asexuality thing last last season with um. You know, the parents are like, oh, we're so sexual. Have some lube, that sort of thing. I hated that. <laughs> right. But this is great. I love Surprise, and I love the character moments that we get a- get out of it, too. But honestly, I just like how fun it is. I like how simple the puzzle is of everybody trying to get out of the house. And ooh, what are they saying about Pickle's parents? And ooh, what are they saying about Bojack or Diane or whatever? And Diane's in the room, and I love it. It's great. All right, all right. Um, I I definitely want to dig into how uh, to the Diana relationship stuff uh, as once we get to that episode. But uh, th- th- thanks for for that general You're thoughts, <laughs> um, Michelle. Um, what what are your initial impressions of these two episodes? 
I, on some level, I, I agree with saying the surprise. It's just, it's just like the most lighthearted episode we've had this season. So it's easy to root for it just because everything else has just kind of been coded in like this serious kind of, this is the final season. We got to talk about all this stuff and people are trying to make amends, but it's hard. Um, and feel this sort of has a little bit of that. I, I'd agree with Sam in that I feel a little, I, I I want Diane to be happy, and she's also one of my favorite characters, but it also seems like both her and Guy have so much going on in their actual lives, and they don't even know if they're quite in a relationship by the end of this episode. And, like, I, I think it's great that Diane wants to try, you know, and there's something worth just... Even if you don't know something's going to work out, if you like someone and you want to be with them and enjoy it while it lasts, like, that's super fair. But I just, I don't know. It, it feels like there's, when the dust settles, there might be a lot they still need to reconcile with. And I guess that's giving me a little bit of trepidation. I would say that feeling kind of echoes for me with surprise just in terms of, like, I love Pickles so much. Pickles is so genuine and so sweet. And, like, the fact that she has, like, this growing, like, online audience of subscribers being so important in her life feels like such a thing that certainly, like, younger millennials and Gen Zers can understand very well. Um, if you are a social media person, your your online followers do kind of have this weird quasi-friendship with you where they have glimpses into your life and you rely on them for a sense of validation, but also, like, is that real? And Pickles just kind of takes it to this extreme where she's, like, telling them everything. And she's like, what should I do? Should I go back to him? Should I not? And she's, like, actually listening to their feedback and making choices based off of it. And I love that as a concept. I I mean, like, I want what's best for Pickles, too. And I Mr. Peabutter's a lot. And I think it's it's good that he was completely honest with her. Not right away, but by the end of the episode. But that part... Like, the shenanigans were all good. And very lighthearted and hilarious. And, like, I agree with Sam. Like, that is such a good concept for an episode. Like, how do you escape a surprise party undetected i love it it's so good like it's so it's so it sounds so basic but actually it's very complicated and the episode shows you how complicated that is and you actually try to escape but yeah in terms of everyone's relationships with each other for pickles and diane i i'm very i'm i'm very concerned in the long term if anything good's gonna happen but momentarily it seems like they're, they're just trying to make it work the best they can because they're human and they want to be happy. They want to believe they can be happy. And, like, that's very real, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that, that, thank you for that. Um, now, just giving my uh, brief general thoughts here, uh, I will agree that Surprise is a very well-executed episode in terms of basic... Uh, um, basic physical comedy um i think sam uh, hits the nail on the head with comparing it to the henry fondle asexuality episodes in the past in that those are going for more absurdist humor whereas this kind of feels a Mm -hmm. bit more grounded in the type of uh, jokes they're making like you know it's just classic uh, like 
trying to hide and seek basically for the entire episode but like that feels uh closer to believability and i have no and there's no baggage to that so it 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 just feels a lot easier to just let yourself sink into it and, and enjoy the chaos going on so the, the and of course wrapped up with the mr peanut butter and pickles uh drama and, and also like seeing all the casts interact with each other like just it all comes together really well in that episode and uh, as for the um the Diane and Guy episode, I just found it very impressive on rewatch like how much stuff happens in this episode because like mm-hmm. we like the 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 plot itself of the of the site getting bought out and they're going through like anti-capitalist stuff like that feels like a lot already and then we also like dive into like this whole development of their relationship together they have a falling out they get back together like it feels like when you when when i wrote it out i was like wow like this all happened in one episode like if it definitely feels like they squeezed a lot into this episode it didn't feel longer than than a normal one but it's just I, I, I do feel like they, they got a lot in there. And it's, it's important for Diane, who is a, who's an important character on the show. And I guess what we'll begin with with her episode, since I think it has a bit more um, deeper stuff to dive into. Um, also, a brief warning that we will probably end up discussing stuff from later on in the season as well. So spoilers if you haven't seen the, the full season from, from here on out. But uh, yeah, with, with this is the introduction of the of the Diane arc on this show. Uh, we have Diane kind of um, uh, in the rebound phase, I, I suppose. Of the, is, is that the right way to call this? Uh, uh, <laughs> or or I mean, mo- I mo- moving on, moving on is probably just a better. It's a new chapter in her life. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can okay. call it like a rebound. Like she's not like you know having sex with some dude. Just cause, you know, it's not about Mr. Peanut Butter at all. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. That, I would that, that's say a good way having to... sex with Mr. Peanut Butter was the rebound of Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. So fine. No, it totally well, makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. I get that. But uh, yeah, so this uh, this this relationship between Diane and Guy buds, but then uh, eventually they get to a bit of uh, complications in the middle there. Um, and I think like the the place that I want to start is uh, this train conversation that Diane ha- has with Guy at the end, like explaining why she's uh, she's afraid of stay- uh, staying with Guy. Uh, she says uh, something along the lines of, I can't be with you if you're the only good thing in my life. It's too much pressure. And I, I, I do want to dive into that part of it because I do think that's kind of a big part of Diane's character throughout the show of, of struggling with the idea of what actually makes her happy. And like she, she wants to be this hard um, fighting journalist and like believes that's the thing that's going to get her through. But at the same time, doing that on her own seems to always bring her into these depressive states. So like it's I do find it interesting to see the struggle that she de- deals with accepting new new things into her life that are making her happy but not wanting to depend on someone for it. Um I, I don't know if you guys have have any thoughts on how Diana juggles this in this episode. Uh, Michelle, I don't know if you want to jump in on this. Diane, I mean, I think that's a super fair analysis. And I think I'd agree with it. I also wonder if, because Diane's always been the person who seems the most politically and socially conscious of the woes of 
our society, you know? Um, and maybe on a level, part of the issue was also that she, like, she can't imagine how it could be fair for her to be super happy if the world is in such a devastating state of affairs all the time. Um, which is, like, hard. Yeah, how do you reconcile that? If you, if you feel so much unfairness in the world at every given moment, how can you ever like feel content in your own personal life? And I think that's something everyone has to reconcile with. And I feel like for Diane, it's harder to, and maybe she's also just used to just the dynamic of having things not work out and relying on that in a weird kind of sad security blanket of just, you know, depression versus like a new world where she could maybe be more happy, but the uncertainty there and like, is it going to last? So, I mean, this does seem like a big step for her. Um, and it, she seems to be doing it for reasons that make sense. I mean, again, I'm a little concerned that like guy has his kid and like, he didn't want them to meet yet. Cause it didn't feel serious enough. But then if she's going to move out to be with him, like, is that, is that going to change? And I don't know. But I, Diane clearly has a lot going on. But I think this is a decision she has to make for herself. So, like, because she's deciding to move, um, I guess, like, it's fine to give her that. Maybe, maybe it'll be okay. I want to I believe it'll be okay. Yeah, I, I think we all hope want what's best for, for Diane, yeah. <laughs> for her to get there. Um, I, also, like you mentioning that she kind of uses the depression sort of as a, as a security blanket sort of thing. I, I did find kind of shocking the like guy just immediately calling out like, "Why do you feel like the need to punish yourself for things like when when they're giving yeah. her a coat?" Like because guy guy hasn't known Diane for that long, and yet he feels comfortable enough making this statement, with which we as viewers are probably like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But like, guy has has not known Diane for long enough, I think, to maybe get there. But uh, but it, it it was just kind of a bit of a, a, a in your face uh, reveal of how how Diane may may be feeling about these things. Um, Sam, I don't know if if you have uh, thoughts on. Um, how, how Diana is juggling with finding her way to happiness and uh, or beginning to find her way in this episode. I mean, I do have to applaud the writers because this is something that I think is really human and really, I mean, not, I don't want to say like hashtag relatable, but it kind of is. It is! To where like, you know, you're kind of always, like, you know, if you do like meet somebody who's you know, like, like could be a good thing and it could end up being this like amazing relationship. And that really makes you feel good. And you're like, well, I don't know because I'm kind of comfortable being alone and always just having this baseline sadness. And, you know, it's scary to sort of go away from that because that's all I know. Like I do have to applaud the writers for going into that because I don't think that that's something that really gets talked about when, you know, especially when people with you know depression or other mental illnesses sort of find themselves in these new relationships. As for, you know, where Diane is landing with Guy, I just, obviously I just want Diane to be happy 
And I think that she's definitely making the moves to do that. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like as there, there's like two different parts of me. That's like, okay, I don't really like that. You know, maybe guy is like her only source of happiness and, you know, she's taking that as a route to, you know, be happy. And that's just kind of where the episode lands on that. And not so much as like the season, as far as we know, you know, obviously with later on with Diane going on antidepressants and yada, yada, yada. Because I kind of want Diane to sort of find happiness for herself. But maybe on the other hand, maybe that is Guy. Maybe that is going into this new relationship away from everybody in LA, away from Mr. Peanut Butter, away from Bojack, finding herself in this new place with a new person that makes her feel good. So I don't know. I, I'm feeling a lot of things right now. No, yeah, and uh, I, I think it's important. Uh, another interpretation of this is not necessarily that the this particular relationship is the conduit to her feeling better, but just having a different influence around her. Maybe yeah. Wow, I can't believe needs. that you don't ship them, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, if you want to, that's fine. But I'm just we don't, we no, don't know if they're like in love. Even they just they like they each other. Like yeah. each kind other. of enough for now. Yeah, yeah. No, but what I mean is like I understand the hesitance to be like, oh, like Di- putting Diane in a relationship is what's making her happy. But I don't think that it's just that. Like I think it's also like, hey, look, I'm providing an opportunity for this to be a whole different environment for you, and you can start start fresh, you know, and that that's. And and that's not something that you should just easily reject if that's something that could potentially really help you out in the future. So like I I think that there is there are layers to this um to this opportunity that Diane is presented with, and it's not just the ship, but it's, but it's also that that it's uh, it's it's giving her a chance to branch off, and that's also why in uh, in surprise. Uh, that uh, the talk between Diane and Bojack definitely feels like a, a part parting of ways, in a sense. Like felt wholesome, but at the same time, I felt like okay, this is good for Diane. Like she can finally break free from this part of her of her life and go on to a different kind of life. So like I I I, I enjoy that side of it, and I think that that helps me to be okay with uh, um this uh, this um this new relationship being. Diane's way to um, finding her her new self. Life just keeps going on no matter where you are. Yeah, you just gotta make the best of it with the information you have at the time. Like, Diane can't tell the future, but like right now, it it honestly seems like the best option. Mm -hmm. She gets to make grilled cheese sandwiches wherever she feels like it. Yeah. Grilled cheese is so great. It's very uncomplicated and good. I agree. It is. I love a good grilled cheese. Uh, I'll be the odd person out and say I don't really like grilled cheese. I think. Wow. It's really- mm. So okay. is it too grilled for you? What is it, Alex? I think it's just it's too much bread. Like, uh, oh, the, you I, just I, want cheese. Well, I, put I, some I, like tomato or ham in it. Well, but dude. then it's, is it? It is a is it a grilled cheese at that point? I think it's just a sandwich. Yeah, it, it's it's a ham cheese. No bread, just ham slices <laughs> on each side of the cheese. Okay, grill but, it. Okay, just I, grill I, I might be into that. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, the point is, I want a more uh, more complicated thing besides cheese. I, I, wow, I like, get I like, like a club sandwich, then, yeah. Alex. <laughs> club, club sandwich. 
yeah, and uh, also like sort of related to Diane's thing, we have this uh, this device of Bojack reading his letters from rehab, which uh, I will say I think is more annoying than like it helps. Yeah, but I, I don't know about you guys. But doesn't realize it though, which is a very Bojackism kind of thing. <laughs> Upon on rewatch, I kind of thought that they were like uh, a little bit out of place. But while I was like into the season, I was like, okay, I get it, because this is like you know, Bojack and Diane's codependency kind of breaking apart. You know, as Diane's yeah. having this new you know person in her life. You know what well, I mean? Well, they they totally that's so right, Sam. Because like they even touch on that like in the surprise episode. Because when she's saying like, I cannot move to Chicago. If you're not okay, and he's like, that's not a relationship. That's the hostage situation. Yeah. They know they've been codependent, and they're trying to not let that get in the way anymore, which is good. It's a relief. Yeah, that, that's a really good read on it. That it's like kind of the the separation between this like mini story of Bojack dealing with somebody stealing his sandwich has nothing to do with what we see on the screen with Diane, and so maybe that represents like them going off in in different directions. But I I I, I think at least the last letter is sort of connected because at the end he mm-hmm. like he he talks about like well is it worth it for you to be happy for a little even though it ends sad or would have been better if it didn't mm-hmm. happen which exactly. kind of connects to like Diane's like that's her, like the eternal question of humanity really yeah anyway go on. on on what side of the eternal question do you lean Sam? I don't know because <laughs> like. All right, you can, like, really... Okay, honestly, I don't think that you can appreciate happiness until after it's gone. You know, at least at times in my life, I'm like, oh, I was really... Like, that was probably the happiest point in my life. Even though during that time, I knew I was fucking miserable. But looking back, I was like, oh, you know, I... Because of these elements, I must have been happy. Um, So I don't know. But then if you're, like, going through, like, a true happiness... And you realize that you're happy during it, and then you're sad after. Well, I guess it's it's worse. I don't. Know. Yeah, I think it's worth it. This is why I'm always like, if you have a favorite pet who dies, do not swear off pets the rest of your oh life. God, like, Michelle. Yeah, they're all gonna die, but you gotta take the time to love as many pets as possible and make I their guess. lives happier. I've just I've run into so many like older co-workers and friends who've been like oh yeah that one dog when i was six was the peak of all pets and then i never had a dog for the rest of my life even though i love dogs and it's like why would you do that to yourself get a new dog love it and then get another one it's it's fine be happier it's yeah it won't be forever but it'll be better than being sad wishing you had a dog for people are just afraid to cry about things well Well, don't be afraid of that either well and i think this was back to diane right because she in that moment where she's getting away from guy she's like i'm afraid that it's gonna be too much pressure to have this be the good thing in my life so like at Mm -hmm. first she's Mm -hmm. deciding like it's maybe it's better for me to just not go through with it rather than like be temporarily happy and then deal with with terrible consequences afterwards but eventually she comes around it's like well let let me enjoy the happiness and let me not assume that everything is going yeah yeah, exactly and and bojack is going through a similar thing where he like mentioned like i wasted years being miserable because i assumed that was the only way to be like now he's like slowly figuring out but for himself like how 
how to deal with his life in a way that he doesn't have to assume that everything will go terribly once it once stuff happens so like for both for bojack and diane this is a very um, invigorating season and i think that this episode for diane is an important step in you know realizing or getting to a point where you can accept good things without having to let yourself be consumed by the anxiety of the terrible things that will happen later Um, yes strong agree yeah, um, I'm so, I'm sorry if I'm letting my therapy leak into here. It's but... no, I was I was actually thinking like Bojack wouldn't be able to like rem like have insights like that if not for the fact that he is now taking therapy for the first time while he's in rehab. Well, that's and then true. it also made me feel think about Diane in the discussion of antidepressants later in the season too. Because like, yeah, not everything has to be terrible. And maybe you can take steps to make life more manageable and better, but, like, you don't want to for certain reasons that make sense to you, but if you could just let go of that and and do the thing, maybe you'll be a lot happier. But it's like a step, and it's a scary step. It is. It's scary to be a human being in the Mm -hmm. world. And And to let yourself be vulnerable and let other people know how you feel. And to think you can't anything. be okay by yourself with no help, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Accepting help is a whole process and something that we've, we've seen Diane go through gradually throughout this show. And uh, we're seeing here an- another piece of that. And then later in the season, we get to her slowly coming to terms with accepting the help of antidepressants. So, like, it, 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 all, it all takes time. But when... But, that that's kind of the deal with with getting to a place of happiness that it gotta go through with the road even if you end up sad in certain moments but just need people who love you yeah yeah and but also love yourself well enough to try to make your life better with oh yeah yeah so uh, uh, along with this road of of self um, improvement, we also have this uh, this road of exposing capitalism and the terrible ills that it <laughs> yep. inflicts in our society. Um, Sam, as an anti-capitalist, um, how, yeah, how, that's how, me. <laughs> how do you feel about Diane's efforts to expose the man and the man saying "fuck you"? I don't care. I can relate to Diane because I feel like a dumbass half the time when I'm talking about, like, anti-capitalism. Because I don't know. I'm one person. And I don't know fucking everything under the sun in terms of, like, theory and when it's put into practice. Anyway, I'd like, I, th- I think it's admirable, Diane's fight to, you know, expose all the bullshit. And it's kind of depressing, the message at the end, that, like, you can't really fight all these mega corporations if you're just one person or two people, even if you're doing it from the inside. And even if you are, you know, like really smart about it, I I thought that was kind of sad and like kind of disheartening in a way, though I do admire Diane's gumption and her fight and her opinions, but I don't know. I guess we just all need to unionize and take down the movie. Man. Yeah, I, I I will say the 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 conclusion of just ending with hey, there's a law that billionaires can kill people and it's fine. It's like, so, yeah, it's okay. Uh, 
yeah, it's so bleak. It. It's 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 bleak, and it definitely feels like uh, we don't know a clean place to end this. So let's just make it totally absurd and just get. Yeah, <laughs> that's really honestly cool. how I feel with a lot of like Bojack's like serious TM messages that they kind of end on it in like a like really absurd like oh everything just kind of sucks anyway who cares way uh, I, I felt this more than some like I thought thoughts and prayers was honestly such a brilliant yeah, because episode that's a very because like there's one, a clear right? thing you can do to fix the problem yeah. in that sense so it's not as because like this like yeah how do you fix this everything being monopolized into four companies that's like a looping dread and that feels so huge it's hard to imagine how we could stop it but at the same time, I don't know. It it kind of like freaked me out a little. But maybe that's because I'm a part of Warner Media now, so it's maybe. just like this is literally my life. <laughs> Michelle, maybe it's that we become billionaires somehow, and, and, and we kill the billionaires, billionaires, and then we die. And then we have the, like a and we have like we a, spread the wealth. Have, have you ever have you ever read? Well, of course you have read and or seen a, Ro- a Romeo and Juliet adaptation yes sure. it's, it's kind of like tybalt and mercutio kill each other that could be us and the billionaire <laughs> that could be us okay that's that's a good point sam yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i just have to figure out how to make a billion dollars and yeah 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 good luck. Uh, this side of the episode also has a lot, a lot of the gags of the episode too. So just like some brief stuff that I want to discuss. Um, they're they're interviewing an animal doll company that gets acquired by by the white whale company, and uh, they mentioned that there's a giraffe that has that a long neck to represent giraffes. And Diane's like, as a necky gal, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> She is a Mickey gal. We did talk a lot about her neck last season when she got a haircut. It's true. Oh, yeah. Really- we did. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We're, we're very, she's very aware and proud of her neck. So that, yeah. that's good. That's good. I, okay. Real quick uh, tangent. I'm so really confused about like that light blue patch on her hair. Is that like a dye or is that like a shaved part? Oh, wait. Okay, I'm gonna have to look at a picture now. Yeah, okay. because like I've just been confused about it, and like I think it's a dyed part, but let me but... see. <laughs> oh no, no, no! The light patch is where she just—it's like buzzed there. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's an undercut. Like some weird shading going on there. It's an undercut. Yeah, so it's like little stubbly hairs coming Good. through. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, it's an undercut for sure. Okay. Thank you, Michelle, for You're validating. Welcome. Um, then uh, later, when they get uh, when their site gets bought out, uh, it, it Girl Crush gets uh, bought out by a Spronk rebranding to Content Spew. Um, is Content Spew more? Uh, what's closer to BuzzFeed, Girl Crush or Content Spew? Like what? okay, so Girl Crush is like Jezebel, and okay. Content Spew is like BuzzFeed. Okay, oh, there okay, we go. There. Sam got it. Yeah, yeah. So or like it's a, or maybe like Girl Crush might be like Bitch Media. I don't know or some other. But I thought. I think Jezebel was the clear one, the one there. Okay, yeah. So r- r- rip girl crush. Um, that's that's over and done with. Uh, is this the last we've seen of uh, um Stefani? Yes. Just... Well, her brother isn't in the fucking show anymore, so why would we need her? Oh, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So Don't it, you know if the male character you're introduced with disappears, your days are numbered. Yeah. So uh, r- r- it's r- only r- a matter of time before Alex leaves, and then I get killed off. Wow. 
Piggy well, is her. I, I was introduced after you. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess Dylan would be the. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, let's keep going. Still in the billionaire in the situation. Anyways, oh my god. Um, He's uh, the white whale. Um, at the white whale meeting, uh, we meet Barnacle Lady. Um, I will say, oh, like, she's this, my favorite. This design, this design is very inspired because, like, oh, every I time she her. opens her mouth, they she, like, like do the effort. Throw up sound. Yeah, they do the throw up sound. They make the effort to animate those little tentacle thingies coming out I of her mouth. Weird about it's it. so good. I, I feel I weird it. about it too, but I'm also like impressed every time it happens. I'm like, ooh, this is a weird character, and I like it. Yeah, because, like, the tone is so tense every time they're in the White Whale headquarters, and she's, like, the assistant to the president CEO guy, and she's like, has this serious tone, and she's just like, blah, yeah. every couple lines, and it's just, somehow that just works so well to cut the tension. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we they watch this video of the white whale uh, a boss um, very, very obviously a Walt Disney parody. Um, oh it's yeah, got, like animated um, friends. I think they're voiced by Tom Kenny and Cree Summer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that we got that uh, they're narrating the rise. Uh, at the end, uh, they, there's a gag there where it's directed by Brad Bird, and I can't tell if it's if that's the joke just because his last name is Bird in the Animal Show, yes. or if there's something else going on. It's that. It's just the bird. <laughs> is that is that it? Okay, fine. Honestly, Alex, I didn't notice that it was a Walt Disney parody until you said that. It absolutely uh, was with the animated characters and the way he was like talking. Maybe I'm just that- dumb. No, oh, it, it's like an old school Disney thing. He would do that. He'd be at his desk and he'd be like, I'm Walt Disney. Oh, yeah, yeah. who are you, little fella? And like some animated creature would be there talking to him. It was to make him appeal to the masses. He was everyone's friendly uncle. Maybe that, you just do vibe. like Jeff Bezos for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, like Jeff Bezos doesn't really go off old lovable guy. He's an know. old, like, bald man. Yeah. Who who's the biggest headed billionaire? <laughs> like that, that, would, that would probably be the closest to a white whale. Um, probably Jeff Bezos. Well, he does have a very tall head. I think. Like, oh my it, goodness! Do I have to like egg. look up a fucking picture of him? Yes, post the picture of him so I can throw up. Nice, Alex. Um, while you do that, um, there's also this this aside where they're hunting for a lady who has a lead. Um, she's got a whole hunting the white whale like Moby Dick vibe. She's got an eye mm-hmm. patch. Like, call me Isabel. And so this is also just like... A, yeah, like um, Ishmael. Yeah, yeah. From Moby Dick. See, so like, uh, Jeff Bezos' head is egg-like, but it's not big enough. Maybe he has the spirit of a big whale head, you know, in essence, just not in practice. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess he's Bill the Gates visible. also has a really big head. Oh, Bill Gates might might be closer to that, yeah. Yeah, so so we, we got it, Isabel going on. And I'm not related to this anti-capitalist thing, but I, as a sports fan, I feel the need to briefly uh, touch on this Chicago baby humans gag. Oh. Uh, this, this is a very obvious reference to the Cleveland Indians and the other, uh, wa- the Washington football team and other teams that use the um, the map. The ma- Don't the, the Chicago, the doesn't the Chicago hockey team, aren't they yes, like the, the Blackhawks? Yep, the Chicago Blackhawks as well. There's Isn't also, that like a Native um, American? Yeah, yeah. And and so like in this version, it's a giant baby who's dumb and drinks poison. Like, hey, look. <laughs> Diane, we don't drink poison. 
did. But it's a yes. tribute to your heritage. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this is also just a very on-the-nose, on um, you know, criticism of how sports works. <laughs> um, I think that this is the first time we've done a sports joke since, like, Derek Jeter from, episode, from season one. But Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed Diana you remembered episodes. that, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Live Fast, Diane Nguyen is, like, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, the beginning of the Diane arc, and here we're yeah. getting very close to the end. I just love Diane uh, so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so, um, any uh, oh, and uh, while we begin wrapping up on this episode, um, hot takes on cold foods. Uh, uh, Sam, can you give us your thoughts on the sandwiches poison? they sell in? <laughs> no, is not the poison, poison. a cold food because uh, <laughs> yeah. grilled cheese is warm. It's not cold. Well, true. No, they were eating sandwiches in this very Chicago well, what representative fucking restaurant. Sandwich was it? it I thought it was a Philly cheesesteak. Was it not it that? What was it? But they can still have those sandwiches there. Well, yeah, but like they're not actually. But, like, why would they be eating Philly cheesesteaks in Chicago, though. Yeah, there would be. I don't know what fucking. Like, okay, is so it a hoagie then? I thought you would know because I was also confused. I was like, what sandwich is Chicago known for? And they didn't. Uh, like, well, say do I have it. to look it up? What? Um, yeah, let's do which, it. Uh, in Chicago. You are a self proclaimed food expert on this podcast. So, Italian yes, yeah. beef says. Um, okay. Uh, Google. So, what is. What beef? A- Italian beef. Oh, okay, okay, that, that that checks out. I mean, it looked good. I'm Italian. I like beef. I guess. Yeah, I feel guilty about them because right? cows are so cute. <laughs> but like, I'm trying to I'm trying to not eat as much meat as I am. I was. So yeah, that sandwich looked good. It, I would it, eat it. It did look good, but I, I I was annoyed that they didn't actually say what kind of sandwich it was in the show. And maybe I it's attend. a trademark sandwich at that certain place. And yeah. Raphael was like, "Oh fuck, I can't actually name it." Yeah, that, that very specific, not totally Chicago generic restaurant. Or maybe it's like a hot dog. I don't know. What is? It? I've only been to Chicago once. Well, that's more than I have. So I don't know. When I was there, I like I I I ate a deep dish pizza. And there you go. I yeah. I interviewed at a grad school and I fucking saw Deadpool in a really crowded theater and then I went home. See, deep dish pizza would be a much more Chicago connected food. I don't like deep dish pizza that much. It, it well, seems heavy. I don't like pizza that much. That's a hot stick on a hot food sand. <laughs> I know, but like, okay, like I like pizza, but like I like it in moderation. I will not eat it every single week, obviously, but like maybe once a month at most. Well, yeah, that's not the same as not liking it. That's just like well, I, I, I just I don't like it all the time. Like pizza has become like this really mimaic food. Like you know, people make memes about it. Like you know, uh, buy me pizza and touch my butt. That sort of thing. Like I don't fucking care. I don't like pizza that much. Like I'm not gonna eat it every goddamn night. I'll eat it maybe once a month. You know, it's it's okay. It isn't like a fucking every single week food. Okay, you heard you heard it here first from Sam. Pizza, a sometimes food. Yeah, it's a sometimes food, a rarely food, a treat. It's a treat. That's what pizza is. It's a treat. Uh, Michelle, any, any final thoughts you want to get off uh, on this episode? No, I think we covered it. <laughs> all right, all she right. shook from my pizza takes. I yeah, am. Yeah. 
Oh, and, and yeah, one one last last thing. This is the introduction of the Diane new ringtone of the season, uh, which is Michael Barbaro from the New York Times Daily podcast. Uh, shout out to that podcast, which is not our podcast. Please just listen to our podcast. Hey, um, can anyways. I be like a basic bitch and say that like I really like NPR now? I think it's really relaxing. Oh, okay. That no, that's fine. And you know that that may or may not have something to do with like Diane liking that sort of shit. Well, if you were inspired to seek it out because of Diane and you found that you got an acquired taste, you know, that's a good thing. They just have really nice voices, unlike mine. <laughs> yeah, there, there's always room in our life for calming voices. For and a Terry Gross to, like, just talk to me about things. Yeah, and the This American Life or, or whatever else. Ira Glass <laughs> or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, yeah. He I like Terry Gross better. Okay, fine. Um, anyways... <laughs> The surprise. So, um, the major thing here is Mr. Peanut Butter admitting to Pickles that he cheated on her. Wow. And we go through this whole thing of Pickles uh, coping with the situation. Um, I think in the initial thoughts, uh, Michelle mentioned how Pickles is a representative of the younger generation's uh, connection to social media. And uh, uh, I would also like to point out that I think that because she's younger, the the way that this is settled seems to fit a bit closer into Mr. Peanut Butter's mental age in that this is a very, it, it seems like an immature way of ending the argument, but because Pickles is young and Mr. Peanut Butter is just accepting of this and also immature in its own way, that this feels like the perfect way it would have ended. Well, like, okay, I, okay. So I, I was yeah. rewatching season two at some point in the recent past. Uh-huh. And I think at one point, Kelsey Jennings was like, re bojack and wanda remember her yeah um he was like she was like um you know bojack likes to date younger girls because bojack got famous in his 20s and he's never going to mentally age past that so i think the same is true with mr peanut butter like you know he got famous when he was in his 20s ish i guess so you know that immaturity is still going to be there and he's still going to be like emotionally stunted from like that big like tv show he was on that like made him this perfect star and like he never had to grow as a person after that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i think that might be what he wants to believe but i feel like his age has been catching up with him since he dated pickles because he just doesn't understand like younger technology anymore and in a few instances the beginning of surprise when pickles is using social media he's like oh what a cute like emoji heart like he talks about like he's never seen one before like it's totally foreign to him i feel like he emoji heart he he may not want to be growing up but i feel like it's it's still catching up with him anyway regardless of his intentions because like he's at least twice pickles age right i feel like she's in her mid-20s and he's probably in his mid-40s yeah he's like bojack's age maybe a little younger but still yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I guess I, my my question is like, do you think that this is actually a maturing for Mister Peanut Butter here, or like, uh, how, how? Because I, I, I'm I don't think that this episode is really meaning to make this anything positive for him. Like, I think it's more like focusing on, on Pickles just inevitably having to get to this information. But I, I guess I just wonder, like, where are we with Mr. Mr. Peanut Butter here? Because, like, again, this feels like a very, at least to me, a bit of a silly way to end it all. And I wonder if that really does anything for him as a character. 
I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I don't have too much of an opinion. I I feel like maybe in the context of the episode, we're supposed to understand that his, his guilt caught up with him and that he has told her everything. And he, he like, jumped through the hoops of her being like, give me my favorite drink. You know what that is. And at the end, agreeing that she can sleep with other people to even the score... Which, while that's, like, kind of an immature way to think about settling it, if it works for them, I guess it's fine. I'm not sure how mad we're supposed to be at Mr. Peanut Butter in the context of this episode. I feel like he is trying. Personally, I don't think that lets him off the hook at all. But I don't I don't know if we're supposed to be, like, as mad at him anymore. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just feels weird. Yeah, I mean, that, that was my general impression, too. Like, this feels strange. Like, this is how we're kind of ending this. And it doesn't really advance past this for the rest of the season, right? Because, like, every time we cut back to Pickles, I feel like it is just like, oh, I'm just having sex with this other guy. It doesn't really feel the same. I'm just going to keep doing it. And that's, right. kind of the, that's kind of the thing for the rest of the season. So, like, it, we're, we're kind of stuck around here for a bit. Um, th- there is an important detail where, uh, in in a humorous moment where Bojack and Diane are pretending to be his smart house, uh, Diane tells P- Peanut Butter to, hey, listen in here, pickles out, and don't be dismissive like you usually are. And he actually applies this advice. Like, he, he is about to, like, open his mouth, he stops and lets Pickles, like, actually complete her statements. So I, you, I, I think that, at the very least, you could interpret that as a small moment of victory, although who knows if that lasts, but... It's it's definitely something that Mr. Peanut Butter hasn't done before, and it also feels good to see Diane be able to like call that out to Mr. Peanut Butter again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um. So while all that is happening, I think that um the stronger parts are like seeing the rest of the cast interact in this uh, in these hijinks of uh, of avoiding getting caught by Mr. Peanut Butter and Pickles. Um, Sam, do you have yes. the, a favorite part uh, of, of this I, episode, or like a favorite? I really pairing? liked, really liked Pickles' parents. I think that they were hilarious, and that I don't know, they're so cute because they're dogs and they're pugs, <laughs> and I don't know, they're cute. I thought the weakest part was probably Bojack's like sober buddy. Oh, the fi- the the fainting goat. Yeah, I thought that was fucking lame, but <laughs> other than that. I don't know, like, I I thought it was very funny, like, all the gags with, like, um, Ruthie and, you know, Todd and Prince Caroline trying to, like, get her out of sight of pickles. I don't, it's just, it's just good, wholesome comedy, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I will say that the the goat be, being the sober buddy was not great, but it was worth it to see him getting caught in the panic room and then just being stuck with bottles of alcohol. That I, wasn't I, funny. I, 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 I got sober, Alex. I <laughs> thought it was kind of funny too. He was oh in the panic God. room, and just like, "Don't panic, drink." And he's like, yeah. "Oh no!" And he just out cold. My on the one floor. weakness. Yeah, my one weakness. <laughs> he's trying to be sober. He doesn't want to drink. He didn't succumb. He just fainted. Bojack found him. It's fine. But then he's gonna. hmm. (laughs) 
Like, I, I, I understand your sympathy for Eduardo, so I will respect your, your feelings. Online. Thanks. Um, Michelle. I just hear about his thoughts and feelings. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a person. A goat person. Yeah. Uh, a centaur? Uh, yeah. Uh, Michelle, do you have a favorite part or favorite pairing in this episode? I really liked Ruthie's baby shenanigans. So many people were involved in that. It was like hot potato with the hedgehog baby. And that was really good. Also them like figuring out um, Pickle's social media and typing in advice, like take a bath, like go outside, <laughs> go to the park. I just, I love both those things. I think they're pretty honestly good to watch. Yeah, the, the uh, it was a lot more subdued. The re- visual representation of social meet of like the social media messages, like little bubbles coming out. Uh, I feel like other episodes have made that a bit more obvious, but this was still like a nice touch. Whenever they like showed comments popping out, uh, I wrote down one that just show your feet in the middle of it. No, yeah, there's always no. the creepers on there. Yeah. Always the creepers. Yeah, so that that that's that, like. So, a full representation of the 2019 social media experience. Don't do that. Uh, I, I will say, in general, um, the pr- Princess Carolyn and Todd together, like, that's always a good a good pairing, and I, I enjoyed seeing them hunt down Ruthie in a lot of They're situations. They're And, like, the little moments where, like, everybody's catching up with each other, like, Princess Carolyn and Diane was like, hey, like, <laughs> it's been a while, and they're just, like, in, together in the closet. <laughs> and, uh, mm. and yeah, well, I'll just let that sit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and, and Bojack and Diane like sl- gradually getting through their conversation in the middle of all the hiding in terms of like I'm I'm moving on. It's like that was all good stuff. So yeah, it was just like lots of lots of little pieces in there. How do mm. you tell your friend that you're moving across the country? Oh. You say, hey, guess what? You show up to a party and be like, hey, I'm gonna move. No, I I actually did have to do that at one point. Like, literally go to a party? No, I had it, like, remember when I lived in New Mexico? I don't live in New Mexico anymore, by the way. But remember when I lived there and I, 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 like, left where I was living and I had to tell my friends? I don't remember how. I think I just, like, I'm leaving. That's what they did. Yeah, same thing. I'm like Diane. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm I'm the opposite and did not tell anybody I was moving to Philly. So, <laughs> um, well, well, so you and Diane are better people. Um, are we? I didn't tell yeah. anybody I came back. So, mm, well, yeah, you'll live. Uh, let's hear other random stuff. Um, there's a whole thing about Mr. Peanut Butter making boba for uh for um for pickles is and, that uh, the hot takes on cold foods how do you i don't i've never had boba i've never had boba boba is great it's so chewy and it's fun to find it at the bottom it's a good time you should try it both of you okay uh, how do you feel about whipped cream uh sometimes it ruins like because like sometimes you just want something like a nice milky tea and whipped cream's like so not that but sometimes you're real hungry and it's nice to have that extra see that's how that's how pickles feels too like in her heart she wants it she's like (laughs) no no but then sometimes she goes for it anyway yeah she she was very confused by 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 the 
choice of pe- of whipped cream. And Mr. Peanut Butter, too, is just a long, uh, when he's presenting. He did the smart thing of just doing both <laughs> options so he couldn't be wrong, which I kind of understand. I feel like whipped yeah. cream on boba is too much. It depends like, on the flavor. Says the person like who t- hasn't drank boba, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, like, it's a tea. I wouldn't want whipped cream on a tea. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you have to be in a certain mood for it. But some people love it. It just makes them feel fancier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, like, uh, this is uh, this episode ends with Princess Carolyn asking Todd to be the nanny for uh, for um, for Ruthie, so that that will be touched on later in the season. And I think that this has one of the strongest ending punchlines of BoJack episodes because it, uh, earlier in the episode, Mr. Peanut Butter was dissing Pickle's parents, like, "Oh, the like your dad has an anger management problem, and your mom gets off on it." So it, it ends with the, the uh, Pickle's parents calling, and Peanut Butter's like, "Yeah, fun. Put him on the speaker." And then it just hard cut to credits. Uh, I got a really good kick out of that. I don't know about you guys, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, and anything else from from this episode? Like, this is a very gag based episode. So, like, not not a lot of deep stuff to get into. But is there any anything else we missed from here that you guys want? Oh to talk yeah, about? remember when they were like? Remember when they were they were like the heater and like the the fucking like alarm clock and shit? I don't know. I don't remember quite. When when Bojack and Diane were pretending to be like, never mind. Oh, and the, oh, yeah, the thermostat. Oh, yeah. And the coin change counter. Yes, that yeah. is exactly what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I remember. That was good. <laughs> I like that one, too. And, and pe- uh, Mr. Peanut Butter just, like, buys it. He's like, oh, yes, of course, coin operator, you understand. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he wished for his house to give him advice, so he accepted it without question. I think that's what happens when you get to be a certain amount of wealthy. Like, you're not surprised if the things you purchase just have these other uses you didn't assume they came with. Like, oh, and it gives me advice. Well, you get what you pay for, totally. What a life. Yeah. (laughs) Just learning new things about your devices. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, any any other random stuff you want to mention about this episode? I I appreciated that Todd's gonna be the nanny just because like I feel like honestly Todd subplots have been the thing I'm normally the least hyped for because they always feel like what's the most random thing we can do with Todd this season and this one's actually helping someone and he's good at it and I like Princess Carolyn and I like Ruthie so like I'm glad that they're in Todd's hands. Like, he seems very capable as a nanny. So this is, like, the most practical use I've seen of him in a long time. So I'm really glad that this is his thing for the season now. Yeah. Uh, he says that he's good at thinking like a baby because when he feels low, he likes to get high. <laughs> yeah. Ruthie's a climber. <laughs> he's got good instincts. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, well, with that, I think we're gonna wrap up here. Um, that that was uh, episodes three and four. I, I think we're we're all in agreement that these were very good episodes. I, I don't know if we want to bother with ranking, or we'll save that to like later. Oh my later. god! Obviously, well, the best episode is. Um... <laughs> well, it, it, what was that, Sam? Well, let's just say, do, do you guys think that either of these episodes are in the running for best of the season? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But so we'll mean... see. We've only done four so far. Okay, yeah. fine. We'll hold off. We'll hold. Yeah. Also, so, so... this season, 
isn't technically over. Yeah, we only got half of the season also. Uh, yeah, it's then, really yeah. not fair to rank. I know you love ranking Alex. Netflix cutting off their seasons. I just wanted to see if somebody felt strong enough to, to claim it oh right now. Fine. Well, maybe okay, in the future okay. I will decide if I feel strong enough. Fine. <laughs> no pressure. So you will listen to us continue to talk about episodes of BoJack <laughs> in our efforts to eventually rank them. Uh, oh my god, is that what anybody listens to podcasts for? Just like yeah. rankings? Sometimes yes. yeah, sometimes yeah. That's so- I don't like that. <laughs> hey, they still do. I mean, I understand the almighty appeal of a numbered list. But uh, like, why do we have to be that? Okay, well, look, we also provided uh, therapy on this podcast. We provided discussion on Chicago. Uh, we, 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 we talked about billionaires' heads. So we, we've talked about a lot of different topics on this. If you, if you were unsatisfied by us not having a ranking, we talked about other stuff. So Top 10 OMG moments from episodes 3 and 4 of BoJack Horseman Season 6. That's a real girl crush level. It is. Yeah, it is. You can find out more about BoJack Horseman and our discussions on that at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also talk with us about the show or any other animated show we cover here at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can support us financially via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Hope, a.k.a. Katara. Uh, thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Uh, besides Bojack Horseman, uh, we've got a busy month of animation going on. We've, uh, we're discussing a She-Ra episodes. Um, we recently had the full season discussion. We'll have episode by episode soon. Uh, Rick and Morty will be coming out soon. Uh, we've got Ruby going on. Miraculous Ladybugs. So a wide variety of animated shows that we cover here. And we will be back to further discuss uh, this season of Bojack Horseman. Episodes uh, 5 and 6 probably would be next. But until then, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.